Um, today, I'm going to give you a three course meal. If it was a physical meal, the starter would be hummus, tzatziki, olives, and a bit of pita bread. The main course, it was going to be a rum steak and chips, but because brother Arman is here, dolma. it's going to be dolma. Okay, okay, so as I said, we're going to have a starter, main course, and the dessert would have been Arpix cake. But because this is not a physical three-course meal and it's going to be a spiritual one, I was thinking as a starter, I'm going to give my testimony. The reason why I wanted to give my testimony was I remember Brother Arman, second week in Zoom, he did suggest each week could somebody give a testimony. And as this hasn't been taken up as of yet, I thought, let me kick this off. The main course will be something from the word and the dessert, you, you will have to wait for that as well, actually. As you know, I'm an Armenian. And as usual, many Armenians, they think I'm Armenian, I'm a Christian. But in my case, I was also born in a Christian family. So that made me more feel like a Christian. <clears throat> I went to Sunday school. I went to Crusaders, which was a Christian organization in my early teens. I started to go to church. <clears throat> and that, that was my Christian life, day in, day out, week in, week out. And one Easter, my uncle, Hampartum, he asked me a question. He said, Vasken, what does Easter mean to you? Wow, I've never heard such a question, I thought to myself. If I gave him the right answer, he'll only get more deeper into the conversation. But the truth of the matter was that I could just say, it doesn't mean anything to me. It doesn't mean anything to me. And my other uncle who was there at the time, Levon, he, he said, at least he spoke the truth. And that made me think suddenly, wait a minute, I'm not a Christian then. He's speaking the truth. Easter doesn't mean anything. So I stopped going to church. <clears throat> I was at a time in my life when uh, I was at work. I wanted to make a living. I wanted to get rich. And uh, I thought to myself, well, I don't need God. I have a job. I've got money coming in, and that's ample. But there was a story that my mother always used to tell me when I was a bad child, and it's the story of when I was born, you know, when babies are born, they cry, they shout, you know, it's their first breath. When I was born, there was no noise. And my mother that moment thought, if my child is born dead or alive, she wasn't sure, if my child was going to be a follower of Jesus, let him live. If he's going to be a follower of the devil, then I'll accept him to be born dead. And that moment I was turned upside down, a big whack at the backside, and I started to scream, and here I am today. <clears throat> In fact, for six months, I didn't even have a name. They, they couldn't decide what name to give me. And it was about the sixth month, somebody said, why don't you just name him after Vasken the first? So that's where my name came. <clears throat> 
<clears throat> my cousin Naz he invited me to go to the Louis Palo mission to London in Hounslow. This is many years ago. So I thought, let me go the first night, and then at least I can say I've been. When I went the first night, I don't remember what the message was, but there was one sentence that he said, and it spoke to me. It was that if you look up into the sky, at looking at the bright sun, and you close one eye, and you put a half penny. In those times, the penny, there was a half penny, even smaller. If you put the half penny in front of the other eye, you'll be in total darkness. And that moment I realized the darkness was not in my eyes, but in my heart. And when the invitation was given to go forward, because it was an evangelistic crusade, there was a battle in my life that uh, such a battle, dark and evil, just with God's grace, I said, I have to go forward. And uh, the rest is history. Yes, Christianity is not an easy life to live, been through many, many um, trials and tribulations and testing times, but it's by God's grace and by God's uh, mercy that I'm here today. So, <clears throat> I want to take you back to a certain date last year. Just imagine the date that you just remember. In my case, it would have been October the 18th. It was Rebecca's 16th birthday and uh, I was thinking on that day suddenly going back who would have thought months later <laughs> we would be in this situation who would have thought that we're going to be in lockdown for 80 days restaurants closing pubs closing theaters cinemas shops closing sports activities being suspended cancelled planes not flying not only here, but the whole world. Who would have thought of such things to happen? <clears throat> this is God's word. And uh, there was a saying that we used to say years ago. This is more up to date than today's newspaper. Now, the equivalent today is this is more up to date than the breaking news that you have that moment. It talks about days that have gone by, it talks about the future, and it talks about the now time as well. So I was thinking to myself, what passage would in a way relate to these times that we're going through? And uh, James chapter 4 and verse 13 came to mind. So verse 13 starts off, I'm only going to read the first verse first of all, it starts off now listen, you. No, now listen. Now I was thinking of that word, now listen, and it could be taken in two ways. One is James is saying, now listen, I've got something to say. Or it's a warning, as in, now listen. I remember, and probably you would know, your parents would say, now listen, if you don't do your homework, you're not going to have dinner on the table tonight. Brother Arman, you're not going to have dolma tonight if you don't do your homework. You know, that's how now listen is as a warning. But the other way, it could be now listen. If you do your homework, you'll have your ice cream. 
But here James is actually, it's a warning to the believers. This, this passage is to the believers. And he says, now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. So we make plans, nothing wrong with making plans. But what is missing in this passage is that God is not mentioned in this passage. They are just planning ahead. They're thinking where to go, what city to go, spend a year there and make money. But in this passage, there's no mention of God. Tomorrow, I'm going back to the shop. I opened the shop in December. And uh, when I opened the shop, just before opening, I was thinking, is this God's plan? You know, am I in the right place? Am I doing the right thing? And when I opened the shop, the first day the shutters went up, there was a customer going by and uh, he said, are you opening? I said, yes. So he came in and he bought something. And I said, thank you, Lord. You know, the first day I'm opening, the shutters just came up, but the Lord sent somebody. In fact, during that day, a friend of mine who, who lives in Acton uh, is a believer. He suddenly comes into the shop because he knew I was opening that day. And he starts to pray without saying hello. He starts to pray. I said, thank you, Lord. You know, this is a confirmation that I'm in the right place. It's your will. <clears throat> in fact, a few weeks later, he had sent a lady who I knew was a believer. She was looking around and she started to suddenly open in prayer. Do you remember our prayer? <laughs> and it's as if the angels came down. It was such a wonderful prayer. It's good to, to be in God's plan, you know. It's good to know what God's plan is for our lives, not only in our daily lives, but in our spiritual lives as well. It's good to be obedient to God. You know, we know the story of Jonah, who God told, go to Nineveh, go and speak to the people of Nineveh. But God rebelled and he went the other way. And at the end, God still brought him back. So whatever God has for you whatever plan god has for you whether you haven't started or whether you're in it just make sure that god is in it as well i've been in the retail trade for 33 years and uh, in 1994 sunday trading started and uh, at, before that time news agents were allowed to open on sundays only news agents no one else. We had to close at one o'clock on Wednesdays. It was by law we had to close Wednesdays one o'clock. And I was thinking to myself, well, I'm obedient to the law of the country, closing on Wednesdays one o'clock, not opening on Sundays. But Sunday trading started in 1994. And I thought, if I'm going to obey the law of the land, let me obey God's law, which was, you shall work six days, and on the seventh day, you will rest. There's a, a toy shop called The Entertainer. I don't know if you've heard of it. They have about 100 and out, 170 outlets in this country, Westfield. If you ever go, you'll see Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, opening times, closing times, Saturday, Sunday, closed. The big store, 170 outlets. They never open on a Sunday because the owners are believers. Hamparton's brother, Ivan, which Hilda knows, had a sweet shop in Ealing Common. 
He never opened on a Sunday. He sold the business and uh, the ones who bought the business after a couple of months or maybe a year later, they said to Brother Ivan, they said, you know, we opened the same hours, closed the same hours as you, but we open on Sundays, which you never, and yet we're taking less money than you did. And for Ivan, he said, you know, I put God first in my business. God is my number one provider. If you do the same, God will honor your work. So what I'm trying to say is when you honor what God has for you, when you honor it, then he will honor you as well. So now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to this city or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why do you not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and, does it, and doesn't do it, it is a sin for them. And that verse which just popped up was you are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. You know, we are just passing through this earth. We are only here. We're in God's hands. We don't know how long we are here. But we have to make the best use of it, you know. It's not only for this, preparing for this world, but we are preparing for eternity. And whatever we do or we don't do has consequences in the afterlife. It also goes in verse 17. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is a sin for them. So this verse is just saying that there are good things that we have to do. God is expecting us to do. And if we don't do it, even that is a sin. It's not a sin that thou shalt not do this, thou shalt not do that. It's also that something that we should do and we don't do, even God is saying that is a sin. So all I need to say, and I think the Lord is just saying today, and to me as well, is are you in God's plan and are you doing his will? Sometimes we think ahead, but we mustn't boast about thinking ahead, you know. I have opened this shop, or I can have five shops later, have 20 workers. We have to take each day as it comes. We have to live by God's uh, grace. We have to live by God's uh, word. And we have to just uh, meditate on his word daily. So think daily. We are not young. Some of them who are young, yes, they can think ahead. But don't leave God out of your plans. Okay, that is my message for today.